my name is Rodney Barlow, and you're about to hear another foundational teaching that is designed to help you grow in Christ, and this teaching is entitled Righteousness. Now I want to draw your attention to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Amplified says it like this. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp at the fact that we have peace, a reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Notice, justified, acquitted, declared righteous. Let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 17. And it says this, <clears throat> For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So we see here, you can receive the gift of righteousness when you get born again. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, let me give you a definition of righteousness. Righteousness, the number one, is in being in right standing with God. <clears throat> Being in right standing with God. We see here in Romans 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore being justified by faith, acquitted, declared righteous. You see, the enemy tried to get the church feeling condemned and unworthy and, and not to a place where they can receive God's best. But see, righteousness, once you understand righteousness, you can experience the flow of God's best and God's blessing in your life like never before. So it's so important that you take good notes and you hear it real clear as we go through the scriptures so you can know what is righteousness, how do you not become righteous, what are the effect of righteousness have on your life, and the benefits of righteousness. So righteousness, again, is being in right standard with God. Righteousness also is the, having the very nature of God that he imparts in you when you get born again. We just read the scripture in Romans 4, 5 and 17 that you, you receive the gift of righteousness. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it says this, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust, that you might be what? A partaker of God's divine nature. So righteousness is, again, the very nature of God that he imparts in you and I when you and I got born again. Number three, what is righteousness? The ability to stand in the Father's presence as though sin had never touched your life. Now that is powerful right there. And let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. The ability to stand in the Father's presence as though sin had never touched your life. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says this. If we confess our sins, confess means to say the same thing. He is faithful, dependable, trustworthy, reliable. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you there? Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. So now you see here, once you understand what righteousness is, righteousness now has to do with who you are. Now don't get this confused. 
Righteousness has to do with who we are. Not about being um, goody goody and none, none of that. Has to do with who you are. Holiness has to do with your conduct. Because of righteousness, now you can live a holy life. See, righteousness has to do with you receiving the gift in your life what Christ has done. Now, how do you and I become righteous? When Jesus died on the cross, he actually took the nature of sin into his own body and gave you his righteousness. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 64. See, it's what Christ did for us, then what Christ did we receive when we gave our hearts to Christ. Isaiah 64, verse 6. It says this, But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. See, you see here, our righteousness were like filthy rags. But he took our, um, he, he took our filthiness and exchanged it for his righteousness. Now, so when Jesus died on the cross, he took the nature of into his own body and gave you his righteousness. I'm so glad he did. And we already read the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. We would read that again so you can see how Jesus took his, our righteousness and exchanged with his and now, the Bible says again, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, that's good news all by itself. Now, by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and receiving his righteousness by faith. How do we receive his righteousness? By faith. Why? Because Romans 5, 1, Therefore, been justified, how? By faith, been declared right by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and receiving his righteousness by faith. So what God did, God judged Jesus' act as a full payment. And then allowed you and I to have peace and fellowship again with God. Now, how does righteousness affect your life? There's four ways righteousness affects your life. There's many ways, but I want to give you this teaching and this foundational teaching. Four ways in which righteousness affects your life. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 32. Four ways in which righteousness affects your life. See, once you realize that, that you are righteous by what Christ has done, when you pray, I mean, you can pray with such assurance and confidence, and you can see the, the blessing of God begin to manifest in your life, because you know that righteousness has to do with who you are. Now, now the first benefit, the first Oh, let's say how righteousness affects your life. Number one, righteousness gives you quietness and assurance. Now, I don't know about you, but it's nothing like having some assurance and some peace in your life. Isaiah 32, verse 17. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. Now, Amplify says, and the effect of righteousness will be peace internal and external. And the result of righteousness will be quietness and confident trust forever. Number two, righteousness guarantees you deliverance from all your troubles. Not some of them, but all your troubles. Let's go to Psalms 34, verse 17. And I want to read this out of New King James Bible. Psalms 34, verse 17. We're looking at how does righteousness affect your life. The Bible says, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears. And delivers them out of all their troubles. So regardless of what trouble you got yourself into, you can stand on this promise.
Because you receive the gift of righteousness, you can cry out to God, you can pray to God, and the Bible says, and the Lord delivers them out of all their troubles. Emotional, financial, physical, regardless. You cry out to God, God said, here, deliver you from all your troubles, because righteousness affects your life in a positive sense. That's why the enemy don't want you to know this. He wants you to feel condemned. He recognizes, once you get this revelation of righteousness, and begin to get it in your heart and start walking in it, he has no place to run havoc in your life or in your mind. Number three, righteousness will cause you to have an effective prayer. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. Righteousness will cause you to have an effective prayer. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So you see here, God is looking over you, he's watching over you, and he's waiting for you to pray. Why? Because once you recognize your righteousness, and you say, oh, so you can go to your heavenly father, and guess what? He'll deliver you, and he'll be willing and wants to answer your prayers. Not only that, but righteousness gives you the ability to be free from oppression. You know, free from the harassment of the devil. Go with me, Isaiah chapter 54. Well, before I go there, let's, let's go to Acts chapter 10. Let me show you what Jesus does, what Jesus did for us, and then we're going to go to Isaiah 54. Acts chapter 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then Acts. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So we see here, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, and Jesus went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed. So therefore, it's not the will of God that you be oppressed in your mind, in your body, in any form or fashion by the enemy. That's not God's will. Now, Let's see, let, let's see, since it's not the will of God, God wants us to be free from oppression. Let's go to Isaiah 54. Now, Isaiah 54 says this. Isaiah 54, verse 14. In righteousness thou shalt be established. So now we can be established in righteousness. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, but it shall not come near thee. So you see that there. Now, verse 15, Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith, the blow, the coals, and the fire, and they bring forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waste to destroy. Verse 17, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the service of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So you see here, in verse 14, in righteousness you shall be established and far from oppression. So if the enemy try to come up and mess with you, you can say, wait a minute, hold up, that's not the will of God. I have a promise, and this promise says in righteousness I shall be established and far from oppression. Now, not only that, let's look at some benefits. I want to close out by giving you some benefits of righteousness. And again, with, with this teaching, this is a foundational teaching. But I want to encourage you to take these scriptures 
memorize them, meditate on them, go back over the teaching. Why? Because many times the enemy, especially when you first start walking with God, and many times the enemy will try to mess, mess with your mind. If you trip up and do something that you had no business doing, make you feel so unworthy, so condemned that you don't want to come back to church, or you feel that you can't answer, you can't pray, somebody else got to do all the praying for you. And that's not the truth. God loves you so much, he said the first hour of the night, if you confess yourself, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. And once God forgives you and cleanse you, it's forgotten about. Psalms 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far God removed your sins so far from you. And guess what? In Hebrews, God says he forget about it. So if God forget about your mess, why are you allowing an enemy to plague your mind with your past? The past is over. Now you can walk in righteousness and be blessed of God. Now let's close out by giving you uh, four benefits of righteousness. Number one, you have the ability to walk in righteousness consciousness and not in sin consciousness. Too many believers in the church, they walk in a sin consciousness. They feel unworthy. They feel condemned. They, they don't really participate, participate in the things of God because, well, you know, I don't think I can. Well, because I'm doing this. Well, guess what? Just get saved and get delivered and, and let the blood of God cleanse you. And then once you get that sin consciousness out of your mind and walk in righteousness, you can do anything for God. Why? Because who the Son sets free is free indeed. Now, we already read 1 John 1 and 9, but let's go to Luke chapter 15. I want to show you a classic example of how the prodigal son, he blew it. He had a great relationship with the father, had the best of the best, but, you know, he decided to do his own thing. He made some unwise decisions. And let's pick it up, but, you know, not all, but, but although he made some unwise decisions, I like, the th I like the good thing about it is that he made the wise decision to come back home. He made the right, a wise decision to get it right with God. So now let's look, let's look at it in uh, verse 21 of Luke chapter 15. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against seven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now, now notice here, because he, he blew it in the beginning, but when he came to himself, he got it right. He began to walk in a what kind of consciousness? Not the same consciousness, but a righteous consciousness. And what happened? He got the blessings of God. See, the enemy tried to keep you in the sin consciousness so you won't get the blessings. But after you confess it and you repent, you change, you turn from that, you can expect to see, receive the best of the best from God. Not, not only that, but you got to remember now that righteousness will affect your life and bring the wholeness of God in your life. But number two, righteousness, the, the benefit is you can walk in boldness. David acted in righteousness and defeated Goliath. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. He saw that what was taking place was not the will of God. Goliath, I mean, he was bullying 
the people of God. He was bullying King Saul. He was taunting them. He was saying all kind of stuff, and they were so chicken. They didn't want to do nothing. David come on the scene. He became why he's obeying his father. Father said, "Go check on your um on your brothers. Give me a report." He went said, "Check on the brothers." Heard this Goliath talking to King Saul and his army. He said, "Wait, wait a minute, hold it. Something's wrong here." He recognized that was not right, and something needed to be done about it. So now, in, in verse forty-five, let's let's pick it up from there. Then David said, so now David's coming against, David's coming against Goliath. They, they in battle now. Then David said, no, excuse me, yeah, verse 45. Then David said to Philistine, you come to me with the sword and with the spear and with the javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you, take your head from you, and this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there are that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not say with this word and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. And it was so, when the Philistine arose and he came and drew near to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the fellows. And see, this is boldness. This is courage here. Then David put his hand in the bag, took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with the sling and the stone and struck the Philistine and he killed him. But there was no more sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over that Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheep, and killed him. Cut off his head with the arrow. When the Philistines saw that, the champion was dead. They fled. Now look at that. Boldness caused David to act in righteousness and defeat, defeat Goliath. See, when you know that you're in the right standing, uh, boldness come on you. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, guess what? The righteous are bold as a lion. Number three. The benefit of righteousness, it costs you, it gives you the ability to reign as kings. That you're not walking around with a sense of inferiority to sickness, to disease, to fear, to death, to nothing. You say, wait a minute, I'm a king, kid. I'm a king's kid, and God made me a king. In Revelation, he said, I'm a king and a priest, so therefore, why am I acting inferior to anything or anybody? In Romans chapter 5, verse 17, Amplified, God talks about God called us to reign as kings in the earth. And lastly, number four, the benefit of righteousness, it calls you to give the ability to speak in power. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus tells the, tells the disciples to go over to the other side. Well, they're going over to the other side. A storm rose up. Now, mind you, Jesus is with them in the boat. But yet, Peter, he gets enough gumption. He goes to Jesus talking about, cares not, not that we perishing. Well, Jesus expected them to be demonstrating righteousness. He expected them to walk in righteousness and do what he did in different situations. But nevertheless, guess what happened? That they were chicken and all, so, so Jesus has to get up, speak to that storm, Cause that storm to cease, but then he told them, you know, you guys have no faith. In other words, he was expecting them to walk in righteousness and know that, guess what, you don't have to be inferior to nature or anything else. See, righteousness is powerful. It causes you to do what? It gives you a righteous consciousness, causes you to walk in boldness, 
reign as kings, and speak with power. I want to pray that you will not live a life you say, but live in that uh, sin conscious mindset. But you will, will walk in righteousness and have a righteous consciousness. So at this time, I want you to bow your head and let's pray as we close out this teaching. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you right now for these precious believers. That as they grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, that they would have a sin consciousness, but a righteous consciousness. That when they pray, oh God, they can sense the peace of God, your presence, your joy, roll up in their hearts. They can pray in faith and expect great things to take place. And they can live a life, experience the abundant blessing that you have to offer. We thank you and we bless you for this teaching. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.